This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ellison. It's been a while since I've done the solo version. It's It's been a hot minute. I've been doing a lot of guests. Uh, last episode we did, we did the uh, NFL preview with my, my good pals, Eric and Dom. And Dom gave some decent insight on football and... Eric was able to uh, slur his words drunkenly into a microphone for an hour and a half. So that was that was high quality entertainment right there, if I may say so myself. Uh, At the very least for me, I mean, I always enjoy my friends embarrassing themselves in epic fashion. And, you know, that's that's what it's all about, folks. That's what life is really about is just trying to enjoy the moments in which your friends look like complete idiots and assholes. And that's uh, it's a big thing I'm all about. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I haven't done the solo version. I haven't, you know, it hasn't just been us, guys. You know, it, now it's just me to you. The way The way we started together, the way... We always remember it, I guess. Maybe not, really, because if you really follow the podcast long term, you remember the original version with Kevin Carey and those those fun days. But now, no, now we've gotten adapted to the life of just solo Mike. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back doing this uh, on on my own. At least for this week. I don't know. We'll see what happens next week. I don't know. I can't tell you what's going to happen week to week. Last week we didn't even put out an episode because I was too busy. That's right. Busy like a motherfucker. I got a very uh, I got a very uh, difficult schedule these days. You know, now that football's back, it makes for uh, a lot of difficulty. Not to mention last week I... Uh, I had a road gig. I went to Pennsylvania with a couple of other comedians, go do a show. Uh, what was it? Carlisle? Where? I don't know. It was a fun little road trip. I It's my first time ever going on the road with other comedians. I did Mohegan Sun, and I, I rode out there with the aforementioned uh, Kevin Carey, who, you know, that was just, that just felt like going to a casino with my degenerate gambling friend and you know we lost a bunch of money and then I went and did a comedy show after it that that didn't feel quite the same as actually going on the road with a couple of comics but it was fun we had a good time uh I got to uh meet a new a new guy I didn't get to know like uh it was kind of weird was that there was two Joes two Mikes so it was like the whole time we were in the car, I was like, Joe, Joe, Mike, Mike. Like we were kind of, you know, everybody calling out each other's names constantly. It's, it's a little confusing, but I got to meet a, new, a comedian that I haven't met before. I actually got to meet a couple of comedians I haven't met before because there was some local guys. But I met like a, a guy from Long Island, this dude, Joe Cravella, very, very funny guy. He's uh, 
He's hosting over at uh, Governor's quite frequently. He's he's young and he's full of piss and vinegar. And I, I, sh- I sound like I'm fucking talking him up like he's like this real fucking crazy dude. He's actually pretty calm, pretty chill. Doesn't really seem to get uh, riled up. Like I get riled up like. I've had a roller coaster of emotions these past two weeks over the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, this dude, he's a Jets fan. Like, we talked about the Jets, which is kind of what made me, which is <laughs> it's a funny thing. Like, that's all it takes. It's all it takes for me to actually start to like somebody is if they appreciate the same football team as me. It's pretty quick. Like, he, like you know, he started to, like, somebody mentioned the Jets, and I was like, yeah, dude, fucking Sunday, we're going to get wild. And then, Gravel was like, dude, Zach Wilson's gonna go off. I was like, fuck yeah, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. His head's in the is in a good place. He's getting delusional about the Jets, and I too like to get delusional about the Jets. Matter of fact, that's I mean, that's my whole life is getting delusional about the Jets. So whatever. We had a good trip. It was a fun time. Uh show was real good. The audience is down there, man. They're starving for comedy. They were so fucking pumped to have it, and they were just a really good, uh, real good audience. Perfect, you know, perfect amount of participation without really, you know, when when you're an audience member, just sit there and laugh. Don't actually comment and talk during the sets. But, yeah, we had a fun time. Uh, we went out to a bar uh, while we were in Pennsylvania after the show, you know, go out, blow off some steam, have a couple of, couple of brews with the boys and uh we were there and we were talking about you know we were talking about trying to find you know typical dudes being dudes type of moment like dude we gotta find the chicks where are the chicks at where are all the ladies so some uh, they were like i forget the it, well, it was it uh trying to think of the name of the fucking bar that we went to because it was there were everybody like after we were leaving the show, all the audience members, we were like, where do we go to have a, where do we go to party? Like, where's the good time around here? And like, the name of the bar was something, it was something dumb. It was like the Graham Cracker, or I think it was the Gingerbread Man or something. I don't fucking know. Whatever it was, the Graham Cracker, the Gingerbread Man, it doesn't matter. It was a bar. There was chicks. They make you put on a fucking, they made it, I did us all. I mean, Gravel is actually young. He's like 22, but the rest of us are in our, like, clearly in our mid-30s. You know, like, fat, shitty beards, you know, losing their hair, you know. This fucking, this guy, whatever, it didn't matter. We get in there, and we're just trying to find where the ladies were at, and, uh, you know, Pennsylvania women are a little different than what we're used to here in New York. That's for sure. Um, they were a little more, um, how do you put it? I guess aggressive would be the way to describe it. Like these two chicks, they walked over to us. And uh, the one walked over and like punched one of the Joes like in the arm. It was like, what's up? My name's Douglas. That was her fucking name. That, that was her name. You know, I'm not, uh, I know it's 2023. I'm not trying to shit on names, but who names a woman Douglas? That's a, 
that's a weird name for a for a lady. But anyway, that's what she you know who she could have been lying. There's a strong possibility that she was definitely matter of fact. Uh, I would put it an overwhelming possibility that she was lying about her name. And then the other lady, I never got the other ladies, but she was kind of like a Sasquatch-looking chick. She was, uh, she definitely uh, been offered some Jack's Link beef jerky when she had been out wandering in the woods at any point in her life. Which she lives in Pennsylvania, so she, her, her life is wandering in the woods. Uh, so she came up to me, and she, she like clearly eyeballed me up and down. I was like, yeah, this... This big hunk of loving is in my price range. This is what I'm going to go after. So Douglas can go after the Joes, but I'm going after big boy here. And so the way she came over to interact and start a conversation with me. Now, this, you know, I've done my fair share of flirting at bars before. And like in New York, it's kind of, you know, normally it's on the man to kind of start the conversation. And if And if a chick does start the conversation you know it's it's not unheard of but it's it's a convert you know it starts with the same kind of basic way no matter who starts it it's kind of just like a hey how you doing or let me get you a drink or you know you make some goofy goofy observation about what's going on around you you know just trying to make her laugh you know something to spark something right uh she just kind of ran over, like, so Douglas, like, punched my friend Joe, like, in the shoulder. Not hard, but that was, like, her way. And then uh, this chick, the, the Sasquatch, she just kind of, she kind of came over and just, like, hip-checked me, like, as hard as she could. She almost knocked me out of my bar stool. And I was like, this is how mating works in Pennsylvania, I guess. This is where... I just have to now, I guess it's my turn to be like, rah, rah. and like, and I got to like pound on my chest or something. And she'd be like, rah, rah, rah. and then we go back to the hotel after a large series of grunts and perhaps more yinglings. Um, it was, <laughs> I didn't take the Sasquatch lady home. Thankfully, uh, you know, I just, she just kind of wandered all after I guess my grunts weren't at the same level tone or whatever that she, she was like, rah, rah, and I was like, eh, eh. she was like, no, like that's not good enough. And then she just kind of stormed off. I think somebody ordered wings too. That might've caught her attention. There might've been a plate of Buffalo wings on the table back in the uh, need for sustenance had taken over her desire to breed. You know what I mean? And the, uh, hierarchy of needs at that moment food was more important than fucking so I I lost out on Sasquatch lady but you know I mean we'll always have the memories I guess you could say until next time I mean I'm probably going to go back there again at some point I don't know when but you know they were they were receptive to us they liked us they were digging the uh, New York comedians if you will uh, so it was a fun overall trip. The one other thing I guess I could say about it is that like comedians should not be left to their own devices. Like we, we there should be a chaperone. There should be a necessary chaperone to keep us from destroying ourselves because 
Like, I mean, at one point we were in the car and one guy's just like, hey, how about we get some donuts? Let's get some donuts for dinner. Like, that's like a reasonable meal option is donuts. We'll just get several donuts. Uh, that's just one of the many examples of why we we should not be trusted to take care of ourselves because we'll eat donuts for dinner if left to our own uh, devices. But definitely a worthwhile trip to uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, shout out to, uh, fuck, I should probably know his first and last name, but Gary over there at the uh, the old winery or vineyard or whatever I guess you call it these days. He uh, hooked us up at the show and was a very nice guy, very uh, very pleasant to be around. And so were the other uh, couple of comedians that we met from out there. They were cool people. They were very uh, very down to earth, very uh, excited to get to meet new comics. And you know that's the the building process, if you will, something like that. So I. Uh, since it's been a while since I've been on here, I figure I'd, I should talk about the uh, week one Jets game. I, I went to the Jet game on September 11th, a day we will, we will all never forget. Now, of course, I mean, I don't know any other reason that we would remember 9-11. No, of course. Uh, but... For Jets fans, it's got a it's got a new meaning nowadays beyond the uh, beyond the obvious uh, 2001 version of 9/11. There's uh, now the 2023, which I all right, fine, I get it. I know what everyone's you can't say it. Calm down, everyone, calm the fuck down. I'm just saying it just so happened that both tragedies happened on the same day. Uh, of course, I'm referring to the fact that Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles four plays into the game. If anyone remembers that faithful Monday night as well as I remember it. We had just gotten into the stadium. There was rain before the game. We were outside tailgating and ponchos and just trying to survive the, the elements. But we got through it, and we got into the stadium, and we had sick seats, dude. Sick seats, bro. I'm talking, like, 50-yard line, 200 section, right on, like, couldn't miss a second of the action from where we were sitting. It was absolutely glorious. And... Just to get there, and of course I started taking pictures, and I got I got three pictures of Aaron Rodgers on the field as a New York Jet, and then it was all ripped from me. It was all ripped away from all of us as quick as it could have possibly been taken away. I mean, there was an audible... It was, I mean, it was just like an audible gasp from the entire crowd once we saw him go down and not get back up. And, you know, 
I I really wish I could put it to words better than this because I I mean I'm still. It's been over a week and I'm I'm still like what the fuck man it's almost been two weeks, and I'm just like I can't. I can't put it together. Like why? Does this always has to happen? It always happens to the Jets. The Jets always get fucked by key injuries. And, you know, I mean, it. here's the ironic. All right, so for real football historians, um, back in the day after the Jets, um, the Jets went to the AFC title game and lost to the Broncos in 98. And the following year, the whole team was get the whole band was getting back together. Vinny Testaverde was the starting quarterback, and Bill Parcells was the head coach. And everybody was like, "Oh, the Jets! The Jets are real. The Jets are going to be back next year." They they probably were the best team out of the AFC that year, and they just couldn't get it done on the road in Denver. They're they're going to be legit next year. They're they're a real bona fide Super Bowl contender. And the following season, on the uh, first drive of the game, in the first quarter, uh, Vinny Testaverde uh, tore his Achilles and blew out his Achilles. Then, you fast forward all these years later, to Aaron Rodgers' first game as a Jet. And who did the New York Jets bring back as an honorary captain for the game? None other than former quarterback Vinny Testaverde. And there Vinny was to watch Aaron go down the same way he went down with the same type of Super Bowl aspirations. And just, I mean, you can't make it up. It's, there's like, it's so, it's almost cruel at this point. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a, a true level of cruelty that has taken place here to a sports fan fan base that I, it can't it can't even be put together in words. I, I can't do it justice. I, I just watching the minute he went down I knew. The minute he went down I knew it was over. Like I I, I had no doubts in my mind that his injury was substantial and it most likely meant the end of the Aaron Rodgers era in New York. As quickly as it started. We had hard knocks. That's basically what we got. We got a television show where we got to pretend Aaron Rodgers was our quarterback during training camp to ultimately now be back stuck with the Mormon loser known as Zach Wilson. Who, I mean, I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be a total dick. But I'm going to be a total dick. And that's just to say that he is a loser. I really thought that, you know, when I found out he was banging his mom's friends, I thought that was that was a sign that he's got that dog in him, that he's got that ability to rise above. Because, I mean, if you're going to fuck your mom's friends, that's pretty, that's pretty ballsy. That, you know what I mean? That's a... That's a I don't give a flying fuck type of act, you know what I mean? Like who does that? Unless you got some brass balls. But it ends up that Zach Wilson 
It doesn't look like he's got brass balls. Doesn't look like he's built for New York. It doesn't look like doesn't look like he's built for the NFL. To be honest with you, he's just kind of going through the motions and failing horribly. And that's what we're stuck with. And hopefully, some way, somehow, this team can overcome his absolutely horrendous decision making, his absolutely uh, atrocious play. And find a way to win some games and get the, get themselves at least into the playoffs. I mean, can this team at least get to the playoffs? Can we win more games than we lose and somehow squeak into a wild card so we can go to Kansas City and get stomped out wild card weekend or something? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the ultimate goal at this point now is to hope that we can get far enough to see ourselves get blown out one extra time this year because we no longer have four-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, first ballot Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback. It's so sad, dude. It's It's fucking depressing as fuck. Looking so much forward to a season to have it literally ripped away from you within four plays. That's all it took was four plays before the football gods said, sorry, Jets fans, it's fucking over. Get it out of your head. You're not winning shit. You're never, you don't deserve happiness is what the football gods basically said to us. And I can't help but trying to, you know, struggling for answers. I, uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that is holding the Jets back at this point. Because it seems it's not a football-related answer anymore. You know, it used to just be like, oh, once we get the quarterback, we'll, we can put things together. You know, it's, it's the quarterback that's been killing us for years and years and years. Well, we got the quarterback, and he got injured after four plays. And his season's done. And possibly his career is done. I know Rodgers is saying otherwise, and, I, and you know, I don't want to doubt him. He is a professional athlete. He is a man that is driven by, uh, you know, he's, dri- like he's letting the haters, and he has been letting the haters kind of motivate him to prove them all wrong. And that's, that's the, the other sad element of this, was that Rodgers had something to prove. Rodgers wanted to let the league know, hey, I might be an old man. I might be a little, you know, a little, uh, you know, speed off my fastball type of thing. But guess what? I could still fucking ball the fuck out. And that's what he wanted to come do here with the Jets. And he wanted to show the league and he wanted to make the Green Bay Packers fucking feel the fucking loss, you know, and regret the decision to move on from him. Well, obviously now it's pretty easy to say that it was not the wrong decision for the Green Bay Packers to move on from him, uh, considering his Achilles got blown out within four plays of the regular season. Uh, Yeah, so it's just this really depressing thing. And to me, it feels like there's something almost supernatural going on here. At this point, you know, it's it's beyond football. And I have a theory 
that I'll share with you now on why this is why this keeps happening to the Jets. Why we can't ever have nice things. Why we're a, a cursed organization through and through. And it starts it starts back in 1969. If everyone remembers 1969 the Jets had a quarterback. His name was Joe Willie Namath. Joe Namath was was big he was bigger than life. I mean, he was an absolute force uh in terms of you know, uh popularity in terms of personality in terms of you know he came from a prominent Alabama football program like this guy lived and breathed football he was an absolute stud at in his era and I don't just mean that on the football field I mean that off the football field too anyone that knows Joe Namath knows Joe Namath fucked Joe Namath fucked bro like, Magic Johnson got AIDS. I'm surprised Joe Namath did not get AIDS. Like, how did Magic got it and Joe somehow avoided it? I I mean, I don't know how that happens. That's, that's a miracle in and of itself. Perhaps there was some, some sort of force looking out for Joe Namath. Something supernatural that was guiding him that protected him from all the aids ridden bitches that he he was fucking uh so here this is it guys i thoroughly believe i that you can't convince me otherwise at this point that joe namath at some point in his career made a early on he made a deal with satan a deal with the devil and he went to the devil and the devil was like what do you want joe was like i want to fuck bitches get money and win the fucking super bowl that's what i want devil the devil's like i can make all that happen for you no problem joe no problem, Joe. I got you. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? Joe was like, What's the price? Well, I mean, you name enough you name your you name your price and I'll we'll see and he, the devil said, I want your soul, Joe. The fuck you think I am? I'm I want your soul when you die. You understand, Joe? Your soul belongs to me. I'm the fucking devil. I, I'm buying your soul, and you get Super Bowl three. You get all the women you want, AIDS free. I don't know if he avoided all STDs. I don't know if Joe was able to negotiate that into the deal. Like the devil's like, all right, AIDS free women, Super Bowl three, a shitload of money. Does that sound good? And Joe was like, well, I also don't want gonorrhea. He's like, come on, Joe. We're just going to keep fucking negotiating here. He's like, all right, fine. No gonorrhea, no AIDS. He's like, what about herpes? Fuck, Joe. You worried about herpes? God damn it. 
can't you wear a condom? Joe's like, fuck no. I'm not wearing a condom. <laughs> I'm giving you my soul, devil. And devil's like, fuck. All right, it's fair. I guess I'll guard him against all these STDs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from there, uh, history was made. That was when uh, Broadway Joe, he went out and he guaranteed victory. For those that are perhaps too young to remember 1969 as I, as I am as well. But he guaranteed victory. And he went out there and he got us the victory. And that was the last time Jets fans had something to be happy about. That was the last time Jets fans actually got to smile. Was when J- Broadway Joe ran off that field beating the Baltimore Colts. I believe the final was 16-13. Something like that. I apologize. 16-7. 16-7. The Jets beat the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three, And that would be uh, the greatest day in Jets history. It's the only day worth really mentioning in Jets history. Most of the other times... Jets history comes up, it's usually something sad, whether it's uh, Vinny's Achilles in 99, uh, 1999, uh, or um, you bring up, uh, now we got Rodgers' Achilles in 2023. Uh, you can go back to uh, 2011 with the buff fumble on Thanksgiving when the Jets ruined, the, that, that, the Jets ruined Thanksgiving. That was a fun time. I was there for that one, too. So I was there for the butt fumble. Now I was there for Rodgers' blown Achilles. I mean, these, these are the memories I have. This is all I have is this fucking shit of shit. So anyway, here's my large overwhelming thesis here is that uh, Joe's got to go, guys. Joe's got to go. Because as long as Joe's breathing, the franchise is cursed. And that's just the truth. Unfortunately, as great of a quarterback as he was, and as entertaining of a character as he could be, you remember that Super Bowl he got all boozed up? He was hitting on Susie Culber on the sideline, telling her she's pretty and shit. I mean, it was a little, it was a bit much, but it was fun. He was having fun. Broadway Joe. That's the thing, is like, Any other guy does that could be a little creepy. (laughs) But it was Broadway. Joe Namath hit on her. I mean, Susie had to be flattered by the, you know, by the advances of Joe Namath hammered at the Super Bowl. Um, Perhaps she wasn't flattered. Maybe maybe that's too strong of a word. But Joe's got to go. All right, that's it. It's 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 lights out time on uh, old Broadway Joe because uh, as much as I love the fur coats and the you know all the the stories, I mean the the one story from the Super Bowl, I think I think he told this on Howard Stern. Uh, he was talking about how the night before the Super Bowl, like the Baltimore Colts sent girls to his room. Right, this is a true story. So he was just like, you know, 
the night before the game, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to stay in my room. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to party. Like, I got to get a good night's sleep, get good rest, and just be ready to rock first thing tomorrow morning for the game. And then he got the knock on the old hotel room door. Bada bing, bada boom. There were these broads. And they sent these girls to his room figuring Joe can't resist couple ladies he's gonna have these girls up all night they'll be out drinking and partying and doing whatever and joe's gonna play like shit tomorrow that was their thought well guess the guess the fuck again he fucked them all he fucked them all and then he went out there and he won the goddamn super bowl that's what joe did I have so much love for this man. You know, you know what I mean? Like he, even though I did, I wasn't alive. I wasn't around in '69 when he, when he won the Super Bowl. Just hearing the stories of how fucking cool Joe Namath was and is, you know, it's amazing. But now Joe's got to go. Joe's got to go because the devil needs a soul, and the devil is not going to stop. Cursing the Jets franchise until we as a fan base start a GoFundMe or we hire an assassin, some sort of hitman to take out Joe Namath. It pains me, but it's true. We Joe's got to go because, you know, uh, I want to see a Super Bowl again. And, you know, uh, I, I'll be sad the day Joe passes. You know, I don't, it's not like, it's a, it's a very, uh, you know, the emotions will run high. But to have the hex off of the team and perhaps, you know, the next franchise quarterback we get our hands on won't just be, uh, won't collapse on the field within the first five plays of the fucking game. And maybe we can actually go out and have a season where things go our way and they're not all horribly terrible and shitty the way they have been for quite some time. It's just so depressing, man. You just can't make it up, but... This is what it's going to take. This is what we as a uh, fan base have to endure. We have to kill the best quarterback that's ever worn the uniform so that we could <laughs> get a get a new quarterback that will uh, change the tides. That That's what it takes. So that's, that's where I'm at. I, uh, I you know, I've, I feel like it's a reasonable stance to take. The podcast sensation that is Mike Ellison and a total degenerate podcast is back, baby. We were off for a week, but we're back. We're back and better than ever. Yelling in the microphone, shouting about all sorts of stuff, football and I don't know. Joe Namath getting laid, hookers. Um, yeah, so please rate, subscribe, review, uh, follow the podcast wherever you can find find us on Instagram at a total degenerate podcast. 
putting out all sorts of great, amazing content on a regular basis. That's me, just a big content creator, constantly just churning out stuff. So, you know, you're not going to want to miss out. Don't miss out. Don't be a bum. Don't be a fool. Don't be a coward. Do the right thing. Get on board with the podcast sensation. Tell all your friends to rate, subscribe, and review. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. That's what we call a call to action here in the biz. So that's my call to action. Do it. Don't be a loser. Don't be a loser. All right, whatever. Bad Trump. Okay, yeah, you get it. So subscribe, rate, review, follow us on Instagram, Total Degenerate Podcast. And uh, for those that have already done it, as always, thank you. All right, so like most shows during football season, not all shows, but most shows during football season, I like to end off giving out some picks for this upcoming Sunday. So let's see what we got on the old the old docket here. Give out some winners. Hopefully they're winners. I, I have not been on point so far this football season. To be honest, I've been kind of more concerned with the comedy stuff so i've which is good it's good because there's you know i actually can get paid more from that whereas the football gambling is never going to be it's never going to pay the bills you know what i mean it's a nice thought but it's it's not a rational thought so anyway we're going to start um we'll start at the top of the board here one o'clock sunday Minnesota is home. They are hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Current spread. Now, this was Pickham. I bet it at Pickham. I'm not going to lie. But now it is Minnesota minus one. Over under 54. Big total. Both teams with pretty good offenses. Both teams can move the ball. Both teams kind of have gunslinger quarterbacks that are going to heave the ball down the field. Um... It's not necess- it doesn't feel like it's an easy game to pick. But for me it was pretty easy and that's simply this. Kirk Cousins is a stat compiler. I love him in terms of fantasy. As a matter of fact, I have him and he's the highest highest scoring fantasy quarterback so far this season 2 weeks into the league, 2 weeks into the year, league year. Ah, uh, so fantasy-wise Kirk Cousins is a beast. As far as winning football games goes, Kirk Cousins is fucking awful. Kirk Cousins is not a franchise-winning quarterback. He is not going to lead a team to the promised land. The Vikings have been loaded with weapons for a couple of years now, and he's done nothing with it. Um, so the reality is simply this. Uh, Kirk, uh, yeah, he's not getting it done. If you have to ask me, like the two teams are both 0-2, both teams desperate. But the reality is the Chargers are stacked uh, a lot better than the Vikings are this year. The Vikings kind of had one of the most fortunate seasons you could possibly have last year. They won, I believe they won 12 or 13 games last year, but like I think they were in like 10 one-score games that came down to the wire and basically nine out of the 10 of them or like eight out of the 10 of them broke the Vikings way. Well, that's not going to happen this year. 
as so far we've seen, as the Vikings are now 0-2, and despite the fact that the games are kind of close, the Eagle game wasn't that close, we should make that clear. The Vikings kind of put some window dressing on it to come from behind and make it a six-point game, but ultimately speaking, the Eagles were in control of that game start to finish. Uh, the Chargers have lost brutal back-to-back games against the Dolphins and the Titans. Um, so, you know, listen, the bottom line of what I'm trying to say is this. The, the Chargers are the more talented team. Both of these teams find ways to fuck games. They both find ways to fucking really shoot themselves in the foot. I, I personally feel like the Chargers are going to dominate the line of scrimmage. They have the pass rush to get Cousins uncomfortable. And then they have enough weapons offensively where they can put up some points and get themselves out of there with a much-needed victory to not fall to 0-3. If I had to say one of these teams was going to make the playoffs and the other one wasn't, I would definitely say the Chargers can make the playoffs and the Vikings will not. So give me the Chargers. They're currently plus one. Pick them, whatever. It's good. Just Chargers to win the game. Money line it if you want. That's pick number one. I like the Chargers. Uh, Pick number two. We are going to go to uh, Stinkville here. Okay, yeah. Um, so, speaking of 0-2 teams that are uh, disappointing as fuck, how did the Broncos end up losing that fucking game last Sunday? They were up 21-3 on the fucking Commanders at one point. Football team, Washington football team. Denver is a fucking absolute disgrace. Um, Sean Payton running his mouth about the Jets when he can't even... How about you go focus on your own team, Sean? How about you wait till week five when we roll into your building and stomp your fucking guts in and embarrass you, Sean Payton? Meanwhile, Miami, who's who's Denver's playing, looks like an, a fucking... They look like they can win the Super Bowl. Honestly, they look like they could win the Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill is a fucking beast. Backed up by Jalen Waddell, who's also a beast. Two is looking great. I mean, their defense isn't that great, but offensively, there is no doubt that Miami uh, is stacked. Uh, They are home against the aforementioned Broncos. The Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorite over under 48-and-a-half. Um... I will say this, Denver offensively has looked more competent and more competent than I expected them to look this year as opposed to last year where they they were a fucking nightmare. So, here's the bottom line, guys. As much as it stinks, take take the Broncos. Take the Broncos plus the six and a half. They're going to stick around. They're going to kind of fucking linger. They'll still lose. I still think they'll probably lose by three. But six and a half is too many points. The Dolphins are not uh, defensively, defensively stout enough to be laying that type of number. So game number two, Broncos plus six and a half. All right, game number three, where else are we going on the board? I'm not picking the Jet game as much as I think 
I want to say Jets by a million. It's not. All right. Here's the last game we're going to go with. Here's another. We're going back to Stinkville. We're just going to stay. <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I actually really do when I bet NFL football. I look for teams that you basically can't make an argument for how they're going to win. That's what I'm looking for. How can you make an argument for this team to play well against this other good team? And uh, after, you know, for instance, week one, Seattle, uh, Seattle played the Rams, and I fell for the trap where I was like, oh, they're going to stomp out the Rams because the Rams – are playing for nothing. They have they have they're all aging veterans. The talent level's not there. The the Seahawks are going to stomp their guts out. Well, guess what? It went the other way around. The Rams stomped their guts out. Followed up. The Seahawks then go on the road to Detroit. Everyone's like, "Oh, Seahawks look terrible. They're going to get stomped out by Detroit." And I didn't fall for the trap again though. This time I was like, "Nope. It's Seattle." And the bet was Seattle. And it went to overtime, and it was a sweat, but Seattle got it done. So now everyone's back in on Seattle. People are believing in Seattle again. Seattle's coming home. They're playing an inferior opponent. Team just lost on Monday night, so it's a short week. Uh, Carolina Panthers lost to the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. It's a three-point spread. They pushed, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. They still lost the game. But now Seattle's laying six at home against the Panthers. And uh, I'm taking the Panthers, guys. I'm taking the Panthers with the six. It's the traps. It's a trap spot again. So week one, believe in Seattle. They blow it. They don't take care of biz. Week two, everybody jumps off. Seattle says fucking Lions going to stomp them out. Guess again. They're back. Now everyone's believing in Seattle again. Uh, oh, here comes Carolina. They're going to get, you know, Carolina's going to get stomped out. Wrong. Seattle might lose this game outright. Seattle might lose this game outright. Take the six. Take the six, but they might lose outright. And there you go. That's my third pick for the week. We'll stick with those three. So there's your three winners. Uh, the Chargers pick them on the road at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Denver, uh, three road teams, too. Denver getting six and a half at Miami and the Carolina Panthers getting six at Seattle. There you go, folks. There's some winners. This has been fun. Glad to be back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, going to Las Vegas next week. I'm excited for that. I'm going to go uh, bachelor party with my QAnon buddy and listen to him yell at me. He's going to yell at me about vaccines. He's, like, got lectures planned. He's got lectures planned for a bachelor party where he's going to be like, I would like to talk to you guys about Hunter Biden's art. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm getting drunk and going to play roulette. You can have a nice conversation about Hunter Biden's art, crack art pieces or foot fetish or whatever the fuck's going on there. I'm going to uh, ignore all of this bullshit. Because I don't care. I'm here to gamble. I'm in Vegas. I'm also going to go to Skank Fest. I'm going to go, you know, if you're not familiar with Skank Fest, you should uh, uh, crawl out from under whatever rock you're living under. And, uh, yeah, get on board because that's going to be cool. 
But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, somehow let's uh, kill Joe Namath so the Jets can win. And, uh, yeah, this has been fun. Talk to you next week. Later.